Message from Starfleet Command, top priority. You are listening to the Trek Race Podcast, a member of the Tricorder Transmissions Podcast Network. This is episode 126, featuring the top five characters that fooled you. Welcome, Star Trek fans. I am Jim Morehouse. I'm the host of the Trek Race Podcast. And tonight we are going to do our very best to fool you as we take on a very cool topic, the top five characters that fooled you. And by that, we basically mean a character that you thought was one thing and they turned out to be something else, either in maybe in their motivations or maybe their physical appearance or just someone you thought was a bad guy, but they ended up being heroic. Lots of different ways to look at this topic. And joining us tonight to help fool everybody, our two awesome guests are both making their fourth appearance here on Trek Ranks. First up, he is literally our favorite wordsmith on Twitter. It's the co-host of Snap Trek, hailing us from the UK sector. It's Ross Webster. Welcome back, Ross. Hello. Nice to speak to you again. It's been a long time. Good to have you on. It never feels that long, man. It just feels like you're reading all your tweets. Exactly. I'm always, I'm never far away. Always some brain teaser you got there, <laughs> out there on Twitter. And our second guest is another one of our favorite contributors connecting with us via subspace from the Florida Expanse. It's Debbie Moltisanti. Welcome back, Debbie. Hey, Jim. Hey, Ross. Excited to be back. I love it. I love the hello, show. Hello. I love it. It's great to have you guys both on. Let's do our quick Trek Ranks recalibration, then get into this topic. What are you recalibrating? Everything. Um... It's, it's a sweeping, uh, a recalibration of all systems. As regular listeners will know by now, general order number one of the Trek Ranks charters that we love Trek. We love to rank Trek via some deep dive topics just to get the conversation started. It's not about the ranks. That's just our excuse to talk about Star Trek. And as our good friend, the Vulcan Master, likes to remind us, the main driver for all of our discussion here at the Trek Ranks podcast is... Infinite diversity. In infinite combinations. No wrong answer. It's not about being right or definitive in any way. It's just about sharing the things we love about Star Trek. And we love it all from TOS to TNG, straight through to Enterprise, the Kelvin timeline, and now Discovery, Short Trek, Star Trek Picard, Lower Decks, and Prodigy as well. It's all fair game here on the Trek Ranks podcast. Black alert. Black alert. And a reminder that this episode of Trek Rates is current through 820 episodes of Star Trek, which currently translates through episode five of Star Trek Discovery's fourth season and also through episode five of Prodigy's first season. And one final reminder, we use episodes as a shorthand term, but the 13 films are always in play as well. I boost the power to the communications bandwidth. We appreciate that, Mr. Kim. And you can find Trek Ranks on subspace at trekranks.com. You can contact me directly on Twitter at Trek Ranks or at Enterprise Extra. And you can also call and leave us a message with your own picks at 609-512-LLAP. That's 609-512-5527. Okay, to wrap it up, Ross and Debbie, why don't you guys let everybody know how they can get a hold of you on subspace, Ross. So, uh, as Jim said, you can always find me on Twitter at strtrk1701 or the podcast SnapTrek at SnapTrek also on Twitter. Uh, yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Man, we must have read one of your submissions in like the first 10 episodes of Trek Race. 
as soon as you started <laughs> releasing track ranks, I was listening and ranking along with you. Yeah, so so I've been there from the get-go. Oh, Honestly, I was so thrilled when you first asked me to come on an episode. I was like, wow, this is it. I'm going to be on track ranks. I was really excited. Classic. Uh, Debbie, how about you? How can people tweet at you? They can tweet at me at Silverdoe25, and I agree with Ross. Like, I can still remember having Jim reach out saying, we want to be on Trek ranks. It was like, oh, I've arrived. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. That's, uh, I am embarrassed. That's too funny. No, no. No, no, no. (laughs) All right. Literally, my Twitter picture is from my very first time I was recording. I know exactly which one you're talking about. Cool. All right, let's. Uh, we're going to skip our level one diagnostic this week and jump straight into our prime directive. See how everyone narrowed down their picks. But what you're proposing is exactly the kind of tampering the prime directive prohibits. Okay, Ross, let's start with you. How did you define your prime directive on this kind of wide open topic? So I tried to narrow it actually quite a lot. So I wanted I wanted us to be fooled by what was going on. But I didn't. I want. I didn't want it just to be a reveal, like in, like in Let That Be Your Last Battlefield. It's a reveal, isn't it? That their faces are different colours on the opposite sides. But that's not a deception or a fooling. It's just right. something you didn't notice. Right. I wanted there to be in-universe deception that we were fooled and they were fooled. So in-universe and and the viewers were fooled. Yes. Yeah. Everyone's I, fooled. I love it. That's really good. I have a couple where. I realized as I, as I was going through, I went, oh, well, this one, I kept it in there, even though we it kind of gave it away in the middle to the viewer, but the but the in-universe was still fooled. But I think I think that's legit, as, lo- as long as there's for as sure. long as there's some. I like that you broke it down, though. Uh, Debbie, how about you? How did you break it down? Um, I mostly was, um, like, I kind of thought along the lines of, you know, when you first watched an episode and then you go back to watch it, later and even you're going how did this end up again like i can't remember quite how until you were really familiar with the episode so that's how i kind of started with characters who fooled me because i was just like oh yeah that's right like i was like fooled the second time around watching it oh i like that okay so they really yeah that's a that's a great way to do it too i totally can see that because there are episodes like that where you've Hell, there's episodes I've watched 30 times and I'm still like, oh, yeah, I forgot that. Yeah. <laughs> they, yeah. they tricked me again. All right. So I I started by just brainstorming a lot of characters. And then I ended up focusing on characters that, that didn't evolve. So I didn't want them to evolve into, some, into something else. Like I was thinking, like, did Nog, Nog didn't fool us. He started as a petty criminal and then he became a Starfleet hero. But, but he kind of evolved. And the same with like Degra, whose feelings evolved through time. And, you know, it was cool when Degra ended up helping everybody out, but it wasn't really like he he fooled us. So my list is filled with characters that actively fooled me by hiding their motivations and true intentions. And then when, one element that I laid down to, they all have a sense of betrayal in their actions. So betrayal is a big part of my my list and all of my hashtags will include that betrayal. 
So I'll keep okay. an eye out for that. So no, okay. no joking around fooling. It's all dark. No, right. Dark, <laughs> yes. devious betrayal. All right. At some level, they were all, there's a big betrayal. I love it. Okay. This is going to be fun. Let's get into this first Kudekaton. Introduce us to the new order of things. It'll be alphas like us that determine the future of this quadrant. That will be the new order of things. Thank you, first Kudekaton. And as always, just a quick reminder on how we're going to go through the order of things. First, everyone will start with their five-word summary and a hashtag to tease their pick. Then we'll each reveal our top five character that fooled you and the specific reason for highlighting it. And we're going to each highlight an episode, too, that uh, that character fooled us. And at the end, we'll ask everyone for a few secondary system selections for the picks that just missed our list. And as always, if we have any duplicate picks, make sure you listen for the Defiant Torpedoes. Okay, Ross, we're going to start with you. What's your... Number five pick for your top five characters that fooled you. Okay, five words. Guys altered. Rehab terrifyingly halted. Hashtag liberated lookalike. I have picked Garth of Izar using his metamorphic powers (laughs) to capture Dr. Corey and then trick Kirk and Spock. Oh, this one. This is so good. That scene scares the living heck out of me it, it and that almost fools you as well because you don't expect it to be so grisly it's so but grisly i watched it again for this and it's like, oh my god it's worse than i remembered him hanging up there just suspended it's really I I, horrible i think i picked it for my scare top five scariest moments because <laughs> when they walk around the corner and he's just hanging there it's like it scares it really scares me but and then you've got and that's yeah, in the got, cold open, right? Yeah. And you've got yeah. then just Garth's sort of lunacy that he's like, yeah. he's just showing off now. And here I am. <laughs> it was me all along. Uh, so genuinely a horrifying moment. And we are fooled and Kirk and Spock are fooled. And it was the one of the first ones I thought of was this one. And I just, I loved it. Yes, Garth. He's been unusually disturbed. And we've had to impose additional restraint. Corey? Yes, Jim. I'm Corey. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> he tricked you. <laughs> you said you wanted to see me, Captain. Well, here I am. <laughs> so, yeah. Dark eyes are. Can't talk about him enough. I love this pick. I love that it's a short fool you. It doesn't so duration is not a factor in fool you. No, it can, I mean it's a literally like, hey, we're beaming down and we're talking to Doctor Corey. Nope, it's Garth Visar and Doctor Corey is hanging from a wall, really, yeah, Oof. grotesquely. Uh, Debbie, what's your take on Who God's Destroy? I love this pick. So yeah, good. brilliant pick. Um, I didn't even think of it, but yes, totally that. The guy looks awful, like he's hanging there. He he looks like he's at death's door. Yeah, this is a great pick. And right from the get-go, you get drawn into the episode. Yeah. I'm sitting there thinking I should add it to my show art for this episode, but I'm not going to do it. It's too creepy. (laughs) Yeah, too too horrible. It's too creepy. Awesome, awesome pick. Deb, what is your first choice? My first choice is my five words are the court martial that wasn't hashtag he was never there. And my pick is Commodore Jose Mendez from the Menagerie part two. 
Oh my God. So yes. what we were just saying about something that fools me after 30, every time this fools me. It's like, oh, right. I forgot. Man, this is not year, there. Right. <laughs> right. Such and, a great for years, it was always like, how are they going to get out of this? How are they? Gonna, and all of a sudden the guy just disappears and you're like, oh. It's not yeah. even part of it. Oh my he's God. A, he's in the so episode good. for ages. He's yes. in it for such a long time. I know. And then for it all to be a Talosian imagination. And it's you're it, like, what? And it's not even like, it's such an afterthought. Like you feel like everything's done basically. And then it's like, by the way, here's another thing. He's not even here. So it's over. Really and he over. never was here for the yeah, whole he never, like, episode, like the, the, all of the two-parter and yep. most of the one-parter. Yeah, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. Absolutely, never thought of either one of these, and they both are perfection in terms of characters of Fulja. I love it. Ross, any other thought on Commodore Mendez? He, he was high up on my secondary systems list, specifically cool. Mendez, but also uh, all of the Talosian chicanery i mean they they do some great there's some great trickery um and yeah. i won't mention any more in case they come up but there are okay there are some cool. classics there are some yeah. classics uh, i've got some tos but not in this round so we'll, we'll move to my number five pick five words and a hashtag data's gut says something's up hashtag federation betrayal and it is Ambassador Tapel from TNG Season 4, Episode 11, Data's Day. She is the Vulcan Ambassador who's not. She's actually Sub-Commander Sealock. And I love this episode. First of all, this episode is an absolute game changer for all of Star Trek. It's the literally the original Lower Decks episode of all Trek. It's just super casual with nothing really happening. Data's walking around. They're, you know, Keiko and and Miles are getting married. He's dancing. There's haircuts and lunkheads and shopping for gifts. And in the midst of all this, you have this decorated ambassador to Pell from Vulcan who is on board and they're escorting her to a peace negotiation with the Romulans and to fooled you because despite all of her service and, and work turns out she's a Romulan spy, and she fooled me for sure. Because <laughs> every time I'm like, "Oh man, I yeah, just brutal." So, and they fake her death on the transporter. The whole the, all the Romulan stuff. Ambassador Tapel, actually, Sub Commander Sealock Ross. What's your take on Data's Day? I have to say, this aspect of Data's Day almost gets forgotten, doesn't it? That there is right. this right. <laughs> this, there's a whole whole Romulan subplot going on because really, for me, Data's Day all seems to be about Data and the wedding. That's what, that's always what I think of, and him writing his letter to to Bruce Maddox, right? And, and Bruce like, Maddox, yeah. Oh yeah, there is a there's a whole yep. thing where the ambassador gets away at the end. I forgot about that. Yeah, what a great thing, and it's a proper a proper fooled everyone, absolutely, and not just for a little bit for years and years and years. This wasn't a low level fooling. This exactly. was a lot. This is a big highbrow fooling. Yeah, this is not a five minute uh, no cold open fooling. This is uh, forty years of working as a ambassador uh vulcan ambassador uh debbie what's your take I, I agree with ross like when i think of data's day i think of keiko and miles wedding and the dancing with beverly and all that and like this aspect of the episode is not something i remember easily and yeah this fits my prime directive of oh my god it was it's, it's, she wasn't vulcan the whole time yeah you forget it's even it's even there 
Okay, let's go to round four. Ross, what's your number four pick? Okay, number four, never the same Elim twice. Hashtag obsidian obfuscation. And I have picked, I mean, obviously, how could you talk about fooling without talking about Garak? And I've picked specifically the conversations he has in The Wire with Julian when he's telling about his good friend from the Obsidian Order, Elim, and all the things they got up to together, how he betrayed him. Oh, actually, it turns out I betrayed him. Um, and then at the end, of course, Elim is Garak. And you don't really know what, if any, of what he said was true. You just took it on face value every time until each time it was less and less likely what he said was true. Or maybe it was getting more true. You don't know. So his he's the ultimate fool here, fool here isn't he? Because why why tell the truth and a perfectly good lie will do? Especially the lies. You know, I still have a lot of questions to ask you about your past. I've given you all the answers I'm capable of. You've given me answers, all right. But they were all different. What I want to know is, out of all the stories you told me, which ones were true and which ones weren't? My dear doctor, they're all true. Even the lies. Especially the lies. Exactly. Okay, I'm embarrassed. I did not think of Garrick one time in all of my brainstorming for characters that fooled you because I was thinking just more about just a much more stark, dramatic posing as something else, even though clearly he is. For some yeah, reason, well, Garrick never crossed my mind, but as soon as you're five words on a hashtag, I was like, oh, duh, he has to be in this show. He's hide, He's most of the time he hides in plain sight, doesn't he? He'll right. tell you he's not, but let you know. he lets you know that he is. But in this instance, he, he seems to be confessing. He's at his, right. his peak anxiety. He's worried. Yeah. And, and he doesn't need to tell you this lie. And all the time seems to be changing towards being more truthful. Yeah, it's, it's really a confession it. with inside all this. Obfus- exactly. Obfus- <laughs> it's hard, isn't it? I re- almost <laughs> yeah, regret putting it Garrick's a brilliant pick. I was, thought of him and I was, it's almost like I couldn't narrow down which right. episode I would have picked. Like, I love the, I think it's in, uh, is it in Purgatory Shadow or something when he's there? He's with Worf and he's telling Worf how he wants to join Starfleet and everything. And, <laughs> yeah, like, and then he's like, well, yes, like it, it, lying is like any other skill. You have to practice it to keep it up. So, yeah, Garrett's <laughs> a pick, no matter when. So good. So, so good. Amazing pick. Debbie, what's your number four pick? Oh, my number four pick. Five words, Cardassian, plastic surgeons, got skills, hashtag butcher of Galatep. And it's Eamon Maritza from um, DS9 season one um, duet. Classic. I, I love this episode. Like, I just love that, like, he's Maritza, but then he's gold all healed yep. and he's. Yeah. And, you know, and there's even photographic evidence like he's got Kira going. And th- at the end, you don't know what to believe anymore. And then finally, you you get down to the fact that he wants to be punished for because because he, you know, feels guilt over everything that 
he witnessed but did nothing about. So I love, but I love how it honestly goes back and forth as to who he is. And he even gets himself altered to look like Darheel. Wow. Yeah, this is, by the way, this is another one, like you said, this is another one that I sit there and when, I mean, not anymore, I've seen it a hundred times, but there was like for 20 episodes, it's like, wait, which way does this go again? Wait, who is he saying he is now? And which is he? It's really, really clever. This, I definitely thought of this one. I'm so glad you picked it because I ended up not having it on my list because it wasn't quite what I was, uh, my other theme, but this is the classic fooled you because it, throughout the episode, it's just flip flopping and you have no idea where he's going with this and what his motivations are. I absolutely love it. Ross. I, I love the fact that we've both picked Cardassian focused deep space nine episodes, uh, followed by Jim's pick of a, a Romulan. Cause these are the, these are the masters of deception, aren't they? These are the right. people who do, who are going to try and fool you. And you have to go into any conversation with them with a sort of an air of, how much of this can we trust? So it was nice. And this is this is really where it was built up. You know, uh, Maritza and his crazy story that just got more and more bizarre as it went on. It's such a, I mean, it's it's fantastic season one, isn't it? It's the deep, it's the Deep Space Nine season one mwah, chef's kiss episode. Yeah, seriously. So you guys are on a theme. You guys both did TOS to start, and you both did Cardassians in the second round. Ooh. Ooh. So, now I feel uh, a challenge. We'll see. I, I'm I'm yeah. not on the same. Oh, this, my pick fits the uh, the flow here of Romulans and Cardassians, so it's neither of those. My, my uh, number four pick, five words and a hashtag, cargo containers filled with vegetables, hashtag love betrayal. A love betrayal. And this is Kashik, the Devore Inspector from Voyager Season 5, Episode 10, Counterpoint. This is definitely one of the first ones I thought of. Uh, this guy, he fooled me. He fooled me. It was probably, I'm probably a sucker for being fooled by him. I I just thought he was in love with her. And that The kiss they share before he leaves. I just really thought the, the whole time he was on board and he was going to die heroically saving the... These uh, telepaths, and this is the episode, of course, where he's a Devor inspector, and they're trying, and Voyager's going through their space, and they don't like telepaths, so they keep stopping them and inspecting the the ship. And it's a really, really, just really well done episode with. uh, It's such, such good episode. And this is such a fantastic pick. I didn't think of this at all. But again, this is this is what makes it so good. The same as Dev's last pick. It's like a deceiver, and then you have to out deceive the deceiver. That's right. That's great. Because that sort of machines within machines. I because Jane Janeway's deceiving him as much as he's deceiving her and us. Yeah. And she's deceiving us too. Because you don't you think she's getting played. Yes. But she has the uh she has the final hand. And and that's just really beautiful the way they the counterpoint, the title is echoed and they have this beautiful classical music throughout it and this back and forth between Janeway and Kashik and, you know, Janeway's playing him, Kashik's playing her. And it's just really good. I just love that Janeway ended up with the, with the upper hand at the end when she could send him some, uh, some bad coordinates. And he's just like, you created false readings. <laughs> and she says, that's the theme for this evening, isn't it? It's beautiful. Fire. You should have detonated. Those aren't neutrino emissions. 
their antimatter residue signatures. There's no wormhole here. You created false readings. That is the theme for this evening, isn't it? Prax, do you have the telepaths? I have cargo containers. Filled with vegetables. Return to the bridge. Computer change music selection. Mahler's Symphony Number no. One, second movement. Maybe this will help you relax. Debbie, what's your take on Counterpoint? Great pick, Jim. Uh, I got totally didn't even think of this. It's so funny because I was kind of having trouble coming up with anything from Voyager, and mm. this is a perfect pick. I love it. Yeah, he uh, he fooled me, and and uh, again, wiser, more cynical people may have been like, ah, this guy's playing her, but I was fully in, like, I'm on board. This guy loves... Who could play. resist Janeway? This is I, her, would, this I is would give up my commission. It would be before Inspectorate for Janeway. Exactly. All right, let's go to the soup round. Ross, what's your number three pick? Eat your soup, courtesy of a loyal establishment. Jolan Troop. Okay. This is my smallest pick, I think. Smallest? Okay. Smallest. Smaller than Whom God Destroyed, because that was short. This is this is even shorter. Okay. Force field active contains evil trill. Hashtag violent visitor. And this is the scene in Deep Space Nine's facets where Joran <laughs> is in control of Cisco and he's using he's putting his hands against the force field and he's hurting Cisco. Hey, hey, Russ, he fooled you. Go ahead. He completely, <laughs> completely fooled us. And then he pretends to shake out of it because he's seen other people do that before when he had his Gentara. And then she unlocks the force field and he attacks her. And honestly, I was taken by surprise. I forgot that that happened. And I was like, oh, God. And then she obviously Jazzia kicks his ass. Um, and then, you know, that that pounding does, does mean that Cisco can take back control. But for one second... He's got the upper hand. He tricked Dax. She lowers the force field and he attacks her. Uh, Surprise me. I'm just so good. I loved it. Duran! Stop it, you're hurting him! Benjamin, take control! I think that's enough of Duran for now. Are you all right? Uh, this is awesome and it is shorter than that's yep. story. that's amazing i if we ever do top five moments of feeling real threat this is gonna be number one because <laughs> every time i'm like oh my god you gotta get this guy under control it's all right old man it's me <sighs> thanks Avery Brooks uses his deepest, scariest voice. He's terrifying. He's terrifying. so good. He's terrifying. Deb, what's your take? Uh, Totally. You know, on the the other level, it makes you, at the beginning, you almost think that this whole episode is going to be, oh, obviously, when Duran gets in control, that's going to be the big problem of the episode. And then it turns out to be the Curzon thing. So with Odo, like, so... Like that's a fool you to begin with. Like they didn't. Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think plot. of that. That's good. That, that was, you know, that seemed like the obvious plot was like, oh, it's going to be Duran and it's going to be bad. And nope, guess what? That one was 
over fairly quickly. And it turned out that Curzon and Odo ended up being the bigger problem. It's a great moment. If we ever do a top five jerk moves, that'll be Curzon and uh, (laughs) and Odo. Jerk jerk move, dude. Jerk move. It's it's a weird scenario, but, you know, I suppose they're both... They're both in a strange place. Well, the, the, not to get off on a tangent, but how brilliant was it in Discovery that that's how they ended up transferring Gray with the same Jintara setup? And I was like, of course, it was right there in front of us the whole time. How you can uh, take a character out and do it because Kershaw was going to do it and go live a different life. It's crazy. It's Jim. I have to confess, I've not seen it. Oh, no, no, no. Honestly, I've, I've resigned myself to spoilers. I've resigned myself to spoilers. Right, you, won't, you, won't, you won't remember. I'll cut this out so you won't hear it again. No, no. Okay. <laughs> Debbie, let's go to your soup round pick. What do you got? Brown, this one kind of breaks my prime directive, but you know how huh? cheating on Trek ranks. Um, my five words are <laughs> cranky astromycologist spews constant insults. And my hashtag is dance with me for science. My character is Paul Stamets from Discovery Season 1, Episode 7, Magic to Make the Sanest Man Go Mad. And the reason why this is my pick is because in the first episode, I did not like Paul Stamets. I thought he was cranky. I thought he was just insulting everybody. And I was like, what's up with this engineer in this show? He's just cantankerous all the time and then he won my heart in magic to make the sanest man go mad it just was really cool but in the beginning and this was you know of course he was suspicious of he didn't like Lorca and all this other stuff but this is a character that fooled me because in the beginning of disco I actually did not like him I love this pick because I thought about instances like this it ended up being I classified him more in the evolution but like Stamets fooled you. He was, and he was, listen, that's his part of his makeup too. He's trying to be that cantankerous guy because of who he is. And that, but he obviously has uh, really deep connections with, with other characters and Hugh and, and, uh, but I love this. I think this absolutely fits. And, and, and I think part of it too was the, uh, when he was exposed to the spores and started to uh, <laughs> act a little trippy. I just, lo- I love that that thread throughout discovery season one. So, so good. And he was, I mean, and I rewatched a couple, like I can't even remember the name of it. Um, when he's with his buddy on the Glen and, and he's nicer when they're communicating, but I just really remember at the beginning of discovery going, I don't really like this guy. I want, and so he fooled me. No, that's a great point because in context is for King, he's being nice to this guy on the, on the Glen and then being mean to Tilly. You see the etchings on the hall. It's evidence of catastrophic Basidio sack rupture. Basidio sack. That's an unfamiliar term. You're out of your depth here, non-Vulcan number cruncher. Seen and not heard, please. All right, Ross, what's your take on this one? I love it. The great, great I, episode. I, so I think Stamets, I love all the characters on Discovery. I think they are fantastic, but Stamets is one of my very favorites. And I think I think I like him because he's so cantankerous and because he's so grumpy. I, I appreciate that. But it's nice. It, the episode you've picked is when you see actually he does have a genuine heart and he's he's a good person and actually all of this cantankerous stuff it's still there it's not going to go away 
but actually you can still really like him because of it. And I think it's really nice. It's a great pick. It's a, it's a nice way of looking at it as well, the full gear scenario. Yep, love it. Okay, let's close out the Super Round with my number three pick. Five words and a hashtag. Turnkey misdirect on Turkana 4, hashtag data betrayal. And this one is Ishara Yar in TNG Season 4, Episode 6, Legacy. And I really like this episode. I think it's right there in that TNG sweet spot. I love this character. She's super interesting. They did a great job of creating an immediate connection with her and the crew and the viewer. But she fooled you. I mean, she fooled me, at least. I really thought she was going to be loyal to the Enterprise and obviously to Data in terms of the way they connected. And they had all these great exchanges. But in the end, she betrayed all of them after convincing them to take out her proximity detector in her chest. And she uh, beamed down. And she was literally going to shoot Data and b- blow both of themselves up to take down this reactor so that her coalition buddies could, t- could take down the Alliance Really, really good. And there's a great moment at the end when talks talking about Fulja where Riker says, in all trust, there's a possibility of betrayal. But without trust, there's no friendship, no closeness. And uh, Data says, and yet you put yourself at risk. And Riker, classic, every single time. So you have to do that. Um, I love this one. I love you, Shari Yar. She, she broke all of our hearts. Uh, Ross, what's your take? Is it's tragic. It's it's a it's a tragic scenario. They've 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 taken our love for Tasha Yar and they've turned it into something yep. evil. Uh well, evil's relative, but they've they really is genuine deception. And it, it is it's not just deception, it's it's heartbreaking as well. It's it's breaking your heart. Seriously. It's so sad. Uh Deb, any take on Ishara in the legacy? Yeah. This is a brilliant pick. And it, like it just was close enough to where like you wanted her to be, you know, Tasha got whipped away so suddenly and you wanted a connection and everything. And she just played right into that. Like she was brilliant and everybody got taken in, including me. Including me. Okay, let's go to round two. Ross, who fooled you in this round? <laughs> okay, number two. Quarkish untruth is Mariner's present. Hashtag overtly outpost. And I have picked Quimp from Lower Decks Envoys as a genuine deception for us all, uh, where Mariner has essentially paid, I don't know what Quimp does. I'm not sure he's an actor in real life, but she has paid him to boost boost Boimler's confidence and uh, make make it be known that there are some he has some skills after all. He's not just a, a fish out of water on an alien planet. He has got some genuine knowledge about how Ferengi used to act at the early early seasons of TNG. He was doing the thing with his hands and everything. Yeah, one of, one of my favorite lines. One of my favorite lines. <laughs> this pick is genius. Quimp fooled us all. Uh, Jeff, what's your take on Lower Decks and Envoys? I love it. This this pick is brilliant. Uh, the, it was such a great moment after Boimler just was wrong about everything in the episode. It just shows Mariner's heart. And I just love at the end then when he's back on board and he's, of course, like building the story up even more than it was. I just love it. And the, the this is one of those first moments in Lower Decks where the heart of this show comes through so well when 
at that it's the last shot of the episode when Mariner's talking to Quimp on her pad and he's like, yeah, I'm taking the wife on vacation. And she's just thanking him. And it's, <laughs> it's really so much emotion in that just little end of the episode where you just go, Oh man, she's awesome. She's taking care of her friend. This is really cool. And she has cool friends and this and Quimp and Quimp is cool. He's, he is cool. And I liked it because it does play on that ridiculous, yeah. you know, original right. hand ring in Ferengi. And that's that fooled me. I was like, oh, they've, they've gone back. And then later on in the next series, you do get those kind of Ferengi at the, the Mugatu uh, farm. Right. Oh, right. yeah. It's great. It's great. So good. I love it. What an awesome pick. Okay. We are spreading it around. I love this. Let's go. Debbie, what's your number two pick? Oh, my number two pick, um, five words that Romulan Senator from Kittimer, hashtag 1400, and it's Senator Pardek from um, TNG Season 5, Episode 8, Unification Part 2. I love it. Pardek? How do you know Pardek, Deb? Yes. (laughs) And the other part that ended up being, I have a second hashtag because I didn't even really realize it until I was putting my list together. Um, Malachi Throne yes. again. Oh, you have like two Malachi Throne? Sorry. I, it, I, yeah, I, when does that I ever happen? blown away. <laughs> I am blo- at Malachi Throne played uh, Commodore Mendez. This is or genius. Oh, <laughs> oh, my God. So good. That is so weird. I didn't so even think good. of that. So you didn't realize that when you were picking it. Just afterwards, you kind of. No, I was just like, I was oh. looking and I was like, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> this is why we do track rank. <laughs> yes. And I just love that. You know, I love the whole. I mean, in part one, the seat, the scene with Sarek and Pardek. Pardek. Oh, it's so good. Would you believe he might have gone there to see Pardek? Romulan senator? How do you know Pardek? I've heard of him. That's what he's done. He's gone to see Pardek. Then he turns out to be, you know, he's 80 years he's been friends with Spock and he ends up, you know, just turning on him in a dime, which once again, handed to the Romulans. Sneaky Romulans. This pick is one of my favorites. If we we should, if we ever do uh, characters that broke your heart, we're just going to redo this episode because Pardek broke my heart. I mean, <laughs> all of the connections in this, he just feels so genuine with Spock with, and just the way that Sarek and, and Picard talked about him. I love that scene. And when he ends up being the one that betrays him, uh, that just that was that was brutal. Uh, Debbie, this pick is fantastic. Ross, any take on Pardek in Unification? It is. It is. A, it is a great pick. Uh, I'm. I'm also going to the fact that this is another episode that contains a relative of uh, Tasha Yar. Oh my god, again. that's right. Another one. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> she, she doesn't have many episodes of the relatives in, but we've lined them both up. <laughs> the Yar connections. I love it. Uh, oh man, this this is one of my favorite picks. I, I love Pardek and I love Palvador Mendez and I love Malachi Throne as a, an actor. What a what an imprint he has on Trek with those two characters. It's so cool that you picked that twice. I love it. That you picked Malachi just, Throne twice. It's amazing. What are the odds? Crazy. Crazy. <laughs> 
Okay, let's close out round two with my pick, and we are spreading it around. Here's my pick. Five words and a hashtag. Positively green with envy. Greener. Hashtag android betrayal. And this is Harry Mudd from the Short Treks, the escape artist. And this 15-minute episode of Trek is its a masterpiece. It's Mike McMahon, Lower Decks. We just talked about the showrunner. It's just so funny with rain rain wilson is fantastic as mud to begin with through his uh three appearances and the way this episode ties in as a prequel or a sequel i'm not even sure but i'm assuming it's a i don't know pre, i don't know if it's a, i'm assuming it's a sequel to i mud mm-hmm. he's figured out how to use these androids to his advantage or maybe he ends up on the planet afterwards who knows i have no idea but it's so smart and i just for I don't see any of this coming. I've got no idea that the mud talking his way out of all these various situations with the Tellarites and the Orions. Guess what? He fooled you because it's they're all different muds. They're androids. None of them are him. And I love the reveal at the end when they're all breaking down on the uh, on the ship, the Federation ship, and the real mud is absconding with uh, the reward money for selling himself uh, with the big reveal at the end it's and there's a cudgel it's uh it's great i love uh harry mudd absolutely fooled me in this episode fooled ya uh ross what's your take on the escape artist i'm kind of kicking myself because i should have thought of this this <laughs> this is because I was fooled. I was taken in totally by the episode. Yep. And it doesn't hurt that this is one of the finest short treks of all of them. It is. Of all ten, this is one of the best. I mean, this could have it's been... It's number two on short treks track range. It, 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 that's that's high. I mean, out of ten, two out of ten is good. It, it's also... It could have been a full 45-minute episode. Yep. It's, it's very, very good. I mean, I thought if they were going to hit them out of the park at this standard every time, Short treks would be absolutely high up there, but this is just fantastic, and it's so clever because you don't think of it all the way through. The reveal at the end is genuinely, oh my god, I've been played. None of this is real, and it's so funny. It's so funny. Uh, I, I, I can't, I can't believe I didn't think of this myself. And not only that, then, then you start piecing it in your head together, like, oh, I mud. This connects. It's just, it's. So smart. It's so smart. Uh, Dev, what's your take on the escape bars? Uh, brilliant. I, I totally agree, Jim. Rain Wilson is Harry Mudd. Elevated Harry Mudd for me. And yes. this episode was brilliant. Now, basically, with magic to make the sanest man, this is the second time sort of mud has come up in an episode well, today as well. Yes. That's amazing. He snuck himself in there, too. Yeah, he was awesome in Discovery season one, and this short trek was just nothing but delicious fun. Brilliant. Uh, okay, let's go to round one. Ross, what's your number one pick? Who fooled you? Okay, Picard's Brekkian, the Prime Directive. Hashtag kicks kicked. I've picked the Brekkians from TNG's Symbiosis who lied to an entire planet, the Onarans. They lied to Picard, and for a moment, before we knew something was amiss, they lied to us. And they built their entire society on an enormous deception. And then it all fell to pieces, because of course it would. 
so I think their names are, I've got Sobe and Langer written down, but I'm not sure how that's how you pronounce it. I didn't watch the episode. I just thought about this instantly as soon as you mentioned this topic. The Breckians, those, those liars. All I remember is the Breckians and how awful they are. Oh, they are just the absolute worst. This is an awesome deep cut. For sure, this is the first time symbiosis has been uh, picked on Trek ranks, which is... No, I don't believe it's it. got to be. It can't be. I don't believe it. For sure, it is. I, I have verified it. It is the first time. There's no doubt I in my feel, mind. I feel I've achieved something. Oh, symbiosis. Right, I'm proud. I'm so proud. Good. This, is, this is fantastic. Uh, Deb, what's your take on I these lying it. drug dealers? I love this episode. I remember this was one of my two episodes from TNG season one where I was like, okay, this show is going to be good. It's going to be good. I've been hanging in there. I love this episode. And I also love how Picard, like you, instead of breaking the prime directive, he basically used the prime directive to get out of it. I love this episode. And yeah, they were the ultimate deceptors. I love it. Yeah, that was one of the, the best moments of the episodes when Picard says, okay, well, you can't have uh, the technology to fix your engine. So and that's that's why the episode's so good. Because so I didn't think of I didn't figure out the ending. It's like, oh, right. he's come up with a solution. Yeah. And it's better than anything I'd have thought of. It's great. That was because a moment where I fell in love with Picard. What was that, Deb? In the Kirk era, he would have, you know, done he would have broken the prime directive right. because it was the right yeah. thing to do. But and he had to earlier upheld it even though beverly was arguing with him about they're all drug addicts and and he's like oh, we can't interfere we can't interfere and then he turns it around and he uses it to his advantage i was like oh, i love this show yeah so smart i loved it all right debbie what's your number one pick who fooled you you are my five words are you are sensitive to light hashtag her name was ava i had to pick captain gabriel Lorca. good I chose um, season one, episode 12, Vaulting Ambition, because that was actually when the reveal happened. Yeah, but yeah. I couldn't not pick Lorca. That, it, it, the way they wove this all the way through season one, I loved Lorca. And he was, I was like, he's unconventional, but I really liked him. And then after the reveal, how you can go back and watch the whole season and see every little breadcrumb that they dropped all season long was just absolutely brilliant. He had to be my number one pick. Fantastic choice. It's worthy of a number one. I'm just going to add that. So I thought about picking Voke and Ash as well, because it was a little bit less so because Ash didn't really know he was Voke and and whatnot. So it didn't quite fit my criteria, but both of these storylines I, let's give those showrunners and the people. There was a lot of, you know, uh, issues with the start of Discovery in terms of the behind the scenes, but they really told this story really well with Lorca and Vogue. They were very tricky. I did in a different era. Nobody sees any of that coming, but in the internet era, where all these trekkies are just dying to find out every little thing about. Star Trek, and that's not a criticism that had been off the air for 13 years. Of course, they unearthed all the little nuggets and were able to figure it all out. And so everybody was, most people from our neck of the woods was spoiled. But I have two friends at work in the last six months who have both said they've they've started watching Discovery out of, out of the blue. 
and binged it, and they both absolutely loved it. They're not Star Trek fans, and they were both completely fooled. They were like blown away when they by the Lorca's thing and by the the Voke and Ash thing when they they. Because I always ask them, like, did you see any of that coming? Like, oh, my God, no, that Vogue Ash thing totally blew me away. So I think both of those storylines, they deserve more credit for than they get because we're in the Internet age. We figured it all out. But anyway, I love this pick. I agree. And I just like I'm like at the person who like I don't like to go digging for all that stuff because I want to watch the thing and be surprised. Same. You know, like I know. Remember when they were putting out there that the. Um, the actor for Vogue, and it was like the real Iqbal, yeah, right. father or something. It's like, well, he has no acting credits. Who is this guy? (laughs) I'm just at the point where, like, I'm at the point with Discovery where I don't even watch the opening credits anymore because they always shift who's in the opening credits based on who's. Oh yeah, and. When when Hugh Colbert was coming back to life, and all of a sudden there's Wilson Cruz, and I'm like, all right, you spoiled your own episode here, so I don't even watch them now because I want to be sit there and be surprised. Well, they did that with Picard too by dropping uh, Frakes into the opening. Yep. Well. Yeah. So, all right, but yes, we are on the same page there, Deb. I try not to let any of that wash over me. Uh, I try to avoid it, but some of it you just can't. Like the Lorca one was so out there, it was impossible to avoid. Okay, enough of that. Ross, what's your take on Lorca? I love this. He he definitely fooled you. Lorca is also right up there with uh, on my secondary systems. Uh, I had I was thinking about Lethe and his how he manipulates Cornwell. And oh, right, yeah, it wasn't, it didn't quite fit my prime directive. I didn't think so, I didn't go for it, but it really stuck with me because I, I mean, Letha, I'm always thinking about because it's such a good episode. Totally. Um, but this, this is the, the B story was really solid, probably the best law. I mean, the I think it's probably the best Cornwell we get, I think, but uh, the fact that he completely plays her, and at the time, you don't really know why, you just know he's. He's probably a bad dude, or he's 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 flying close to something, and we don't know quite what it is. But uh, it, it's very deceptive. But yeah, he's right up there as a fool. Yeah. Okay, let's close it out with my number one. Five words and a hashtag. I am not a computer. Hashtag chapel betrayal. And this is Doctor Roger Corby from TOS season one. What are little girls made of? And for me, this is one of the great reveals in Trek history when he gets his hand caught in the door and you realize that he is an android and that he fooled you. <laughs> he is uh, Chapel's old flame. He'd been missing for five years. And what are little girls made of? And I just love how the character, t- I mean, really takes the lead on everything happening on the planet with Kurt, Chapel, Dr. Brown, Andrea, and Ruck. And, and one by one, you start to realize all, all these day players on the planet are androids, but for some reason it never occurs to me that Corby's going to be an android <laughs> until that final reveal when you know, I'm 10 years old and I'm watching it like, wow, this guy's a robot. Oh my God. <laughs> and he's pleading with Christine to still accept them saying, I, I love them always. He says, you can ask me any equation, test me. I can solve it. Realizing, wait, that sounds like a computer. You know, you can see him processing <laughs> in his head. I am Roger Corby. Fooled ya. 
It's still me, Christine. Roger. I'm not a computer. Test me. Ask me to solve any... Equate... Transmit... Christine! Christine, let me prove myself. Does this make such a difference? Don't you see, Roger? Everything you've done has proved it isn't you. I am Roger Corby! And prove it. Give me that phaser gun. And I love that this is even more important now in Star Trek lore because of what happened with Picard at the end of season one of Star Trek Picard. That he's now living in a, in a golem like this. Really, really cool that we're still going to see more of this type of storyline as we continue in the second season of Picard. So, Deb, what's your take on Dr. Roger Corby? Brilliant pick, brilliant pick, robot guts. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I totally remember being fooled by this as well. He fooled you. Did, did Roger Corby fool you, Ross? Uh, I have to say, I'd forgotten he was an android. I had totally, <laughs> I, I knew I knew that Ruck was an android. I knew that, I can't remember the girl's name. I knew that she was an android, but I forgot that he was an android. I forgot that was the reveal. Well, I didn't watch it that, I didn't watch it that long ago. Um, so yeah, it would have fooled me again, but I probably would have got I probably would have gotten back into it once I started watching the episode. But I, I do lo- I do love that episode. It's just so stylish, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Outfits, oh, rock, so the cat, the pink caves. That is the equation. <laughs> let's see what you can do with the secondary systems. Okay, let's go to our secondary systems. Ross, what just missed your list? All right. Okay. I've I've cheated a little bit, all right. I've fooled you. I've I've hidden <laughs> the name okay. of another character in my hashtags. Not okay. hard to find. So here's my five words. It's yep. a cryptic crossword. I love it. Continuation stitch. Three three two done. Hashtag rolls lander. It's hard. You, you, it'll take a while to figure this out. Okay, so but you're I'll, not you're not going to tell us. I have to figure this out, right? Yeah. Good. I, I love I'll, it. This is I'll great. tell you later on. No, no, you're not going to tell me because I'm going to be editing this <laughs> thing. So now I'm going to take notes. And uh, okay. I should have known the wordsmith would have a hidden Fulja <laughs> code <laughs> inside was, his pants. Of course. This was the very first person I thought of. Okay. And if you're following what I've been watching on Twitter, it won't, it won't come as a surprise because I was watching the episode the day you told me what this was. I was like, well, this is perfect. Okay. I know who I'm, I know who I'm picking. I'm excited. You know, I'm going to tweet back at you. I always try to. Uh, do, any others you want to list? No. Uh, so yeah, I had Lithian Cornwell. I had the. I just put the Talosians as a big, oh, yeah. a great, a great big list. <laughs> yeah, of course, uh, they fooled you every time. The telepathic pitcher plant. Oh yes, yeah. that's good. That was high up my list. Um, Voyager's nemesis. I thought about that. Oh for yeah, a little bit. that fooled you. Yeah, uh, Janeway in the actual Catherine Janeway in Live Fast and Prosper, she fools you a little bit as well. She turns the tables right. on the false Janeway. I thought that was quite good. And then the last one I thought of was um, the Starship Voyager fools those giant space-born creatures in the Logium by doing the twirl and releasing the gas and changing colour. That, But that didn't quite fit me. That would be quite a pick for a character that fools you. Uh, Deb, any any on your list? 
I do. I have um, the Horta. Oh, yes. I had I had the Horta and the uh, Tardigrade. Yes. Like, just didn't know, was the Horta bad or good? Right. Um, I had the Sona. I was a big surprise oh, that right. they ended up being back food. Yeah, that's That's good. a really good one. The Sona is great. Um, Narek, of course. Like, is he good? Is he bad? Oh. Does he really like her? He's, he I don't not? think we know the answer. He's still fooling us. Truly, uh, I would. L- I really hope I find out what happens to Narek because yeah, I yeah. I thought he was a good character, and yeah. I feel like him and Soji had a genuine emotional connection that I feel like hasn't been played out yet. I uh, really I, liked him, and the sister Narissa, I couldn't stand. Like I thought she was too. She was very two dimensional, but um, I don't I think you're going to find out about Narek, Ross. Hate to break it to you. Uh, <laughs> Really, I really want. I wanted them just to fly off with him in the brig. I thought there's more here. There's more for Narek. I but hope I'm wrong. We'll see. I think you're probably right about this. To be honest. Let's see who else did I have on um, Balthazar Edison? Oh, that's a great one. I've picked him like ten times. I could have picked him again. Yeah. Oh my god, um, that is such a good one. I had Shax coming back to life from Lower Decks, <laughs> and my last my last one is. I guess it was more of a wishful thinking <laughs> pick, but um, Crewman Kellen from the Siege of AR-558, like I felt like Kellen and Esri had a real connection and he could have come back with them, but nope, he gets it. And Iris Stephen Bear wanted to kill Will Robinson and he did. <laughs> Danger Will Robinson, yes. Yep. <laughs> yes, he killed him off. I love it. Uh, all right, awesome list. My two toughest cuts... First was Soval in Awakening, not because I love Awakening, but because he admits that uh, that in 30 years living on Earth, he's developed an affinity for your world and its people. And Tucker says, you did a pretty good job of hiding it. And Soval says, thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> he fooled you. Um, and then my other one, I really wanted to pick Barash. Poor Barash. He just wants a oh. friend from Future Imperfect that he fooled oh, you. <laughs> he yes. didn't fool Riker. Riker saw through it. Well, he Riker's fooled him as Sean Luke and then a little oh, bit as Ethan. But then, yeah, he did not He did not fool Riker. Fair enough. All right. Some of the other ones were Martok uh, in, as a changeling in Way of the Warrior. Yes. Balok fooled you. Admiral Vance is a great pick that the was mentioned in our last episode as a preview to this because he definitely fooled everybody. Everybody thought the shoe was going to drop on that character being a being a jerk, and he turns out he's just a regular dude. Uh, Kern would have been good on your list, Ross. A short one because at the start Absolutely. of the start of yes. Sins of the Father, he fools everybody, not knowing he's uh, he's Worf's brother, and then. My oh my special shout out was going to be Voke and Ash Tyler because I really I was just going to rant on that but I did that already during your pick Deb I love it okay I, I thought for a second you're about to drop a big a big Admiral Vance spoiler I was like oh my god something Vance is about <laughs> no, to come out no <laughs> he's, no more he's just a nice guy he's just, he's just a, a nice, nice guy. guy he's just a cool dude what else do you want <laughs> that's the all time fool dude you just keep waiting for this guy to be an ass but he's just he's just cool what, what a top notch guy yes. <laughs> All right, super fun topic. Let's get into our regeneration cycle and go through some stats and a quick recap of our picks. Computer, activate regeneration cycle. Alcoves beta and gamma. Ross, break down your picks for everybody. Okay, so my number five was 
uh, Garth of Izar using his metamorphic <laughs> powers to capture Dr. Corey. So good. Number four was Garak telling lies about himself and his compatriot Elim when they were in the Obsidian Order. Number three is Joran tricking Jadzia into thinking that he had he was no longer in control of Cisco and then attacking her. Number four uh, is Quimp in Lower Decks Envoys tricking Boimler. And number one was the Breckians from uh, symbi- TNG Symbiosis fooling the entire planet, entire planet Anara. Fantastic. You had two from Deep Space Nine and one each from TOS, Lower Decks, and TNG. And Deb, I'm so, by the way, I'm so glad I didn't think of Balthazar Edison because I definitely would have had to pick him. I just love that character so much. So that was a great shout out in Secondary Systems. Deb, recap your five. So my number five was um, Commodore Jose Mendez from the Menagerie Part 2 because he wasn't there the whole time, even though he looked like he was. Um, number four was Eamon Maritza from DS9's Duet and how he kept going back and forth on who he was. Is he Maritza? Is he Darheel? Who knows? Um, my number three pick was Paul Stamets. Just fooling me, I thought he was just a cranky character and... He changed my mind and made me love him in Magic to say, Make the Sanest Man Go Mad. My number two was Senator Pardek, who basically takes an 80-year friendship with Spock and plays him. And my number one was Captain Gabriel Lorca. Uh, I know it's the obvious answer for this, but he it was so brilliantly staged throughout the whole season that um, he was really Mirror Lorca. He had to be picked. I'm so glad you picked He, he deserves to be a number one yeah. pick, totally. And same with you, Ross. I'm glad you picked Garrick. So we have both of those guys in the mix here. So, Deb, you had two from Discovery and one each from TOS, TNG, and Deep Space Nine. And my five uh, number five pick was Ambassador Tapel, actually Subcommander Sealock from Data's Day, TNG. Kashik, the DeVore Inspector from Counterpoint in Voyager. My number three was Ishara Yar, Tasha's sister, TNG's legacy. Number two was Harry Mudd, the escape artist, the Star Trek short treks. And my number one was Dr. Roger Corby from What Are Little Girls Made Of from TOS. So I had two from TNG and then one each from TOS, Voyager, and short treks. And I love this stat breakdown. So we had... No duplicates. That's awesome. We had four Starfleet officers represented. We had two <laughs> Harry Mudd adjacent episodes, two <laughs> Tasha Yar adjacent episodes, <laughs> two Android adjacent picks, and the best of all, the two Malachi Throne picks. It's yes. just incredible. Overall, the breakdown we had two Cardassians, two Romulans. Four random aliens and seven humans picked on the list. And our series breakdown, this is awesome. We had eight, uh, seven different variations, uh, incarnations of Trek represented. One each from Voyager, Lower Decks, and Short Treks. Two from Discovery. Three from TOS and Deep Space Nine. And TNG led the way with four overall picks. So we really, really spread it around and covered a lot of new ground here. Fantastic. Awesome job. But as we do every week, we have been hit by a temporal distortion. So before we can depart, it's time to hear from you. 
The temporal distortions are fracturing space-time throughout the ship. Cause? Unknown. Oh, we know the cause, Mr. Tuvok. It's all the amazing feedback that we continue to receive from our listeners here at Trek Ranks. And this week's temporal distortion has sent us back to episode 116 in our Trek Minutia show. So many great lists for that topic. Uh, I'm just going to read one complete one that I just loved. We got it in from Peter Trek, who is at Peter Trek one on Twitter and his uh, number five. Have you ever read Milton hashtag cons reading list? And he says in cons bookcase in the wrath of Khan, we see Milton's paradise lost twice. And this was a reference to Khan's final words to Kirk in TOS space seat. So that is a really cool connection. Have you read Milton captain from uh, space seed and the wrath of Khan his number four. And some of these, I didn't even know number four. Do no, have- I didn't know that. that yeah. And that is my new, I, mean, that <laughs> I, is know. Tiny, I had it? no idea about that one. Uh, number four, Duhan's natural voice, no brogue, hashtag, oh. no brogue needed this time. And this is in TOS, the Doomsday Machine, when Scotty arms the detonator on the Constellation, and he says it's... 30 seconds later, poof. It's armed now. Press this one, 30 seconds later, poof. Oof. And there's no Scotty brogue. I don't think I've ever known that or noticed oh, it. I, so. Yes, I know that you one. Know 30 that seconds one. later, God. poof. I have, I got to, God. What a punishment. I have to go watch Doomsday Machine again. Yep. Okay. Number three, Quantum Leap Reunion. Oh, boy. Sam leaps into Archer and and leaps into Gantt. That was his hashtag. There was a quick scene in ENT's Detained of Dean Stockwell as Gantt punching some keys on his handheld device, similar to what he did as Al on Quantum Leap, which <laughs> goes right back. Awesome. Yeah, that's a good one, too. I loved it. I love it. His number two, uh, Sati. Oh, this is a great one. I did know this one. Sati and Picard, the prologue. Hashtag happier times, now tenser times later. As depicted in flashback in THG's All Good Things, Admiral Sati signed off on the order, which assigned Picard to the captain of the Enterprise D, which is was really cool. I do remember that in All Good Things. <laughs> And of course, it all goes to hell in the drumhead. And then his last one, this one I knew as well, I love. In-universe typography, Trek trivia, hashtag Trek font repurposed. And it's the specter of the gun when they're the sheriff's office. The sign on the wall is in the TOS main title font, which is super cool. So oh, that is that, these are tiny. Yeah. Minutia. Trek Minutia. Right. Trek Minutia. I love it. Oh my God. So Deb, I didn't even know I was doing this. I just I picked these and I just rattle them off. So I have two more standout picks. One from Deb at Silver Doe 25. And it's and I love this because it just came up again with uh in discovery with Burnham and yours was, can we vote on pronunciation? Hashtag Bajor or Bajor <laughs> from D space nine season one emissary because Burnham said Bajor in uh, an early season four episodes. Really cool. I love that as a uh, minute thing. And then of course, rich masters at masters, rich, the alliterative expert. I have one from him. Oh my God. Of course it's Edison. <laughs> Edison's <laughs> Enterprise Era Ensemble, enjoyable. It's been a crawl road. And I love it's all the Enterprise references from uh, Star Trek Beyond. So, yes, we got some more Balthazar Edison in. Fantastic. It all comes together somehow on Trek ranks, even when we don't plan it. All right, those picks, more than enough to clear ourselves from this week's temporal distortion. So as always, I want to thank everyone for your great responses to us here at Trek Ranks. Keep your list coming to me at Trek Ranks on Twitter so we can retweet them. 
but we also want to hear from you. So put together your own list of top five characters that fooled you. Fooled you. It's not fooled you. It's fooled ya. We've been saying it the whole episode. <laughs> uh, or a list from any of our past shows. Call us at the Tricorder Transmissions at 609-512-5527. Or you can just DM me a link with a recording and I can uh, get it that way as well. So hopefully we'll hear from you so you can be featured on the next episode of Trek Ranks. And on the next episode of Trek Ranks, we are returning to our underrated series with our top five Voyager underrated and this is the topic where we use tr- the the famous Trek ranks matrix, where we each each round is a different category, like production element, character, Davo wild card round, or uh, actor, and then one single episode. So we're gonna do Voyager underrated. So Ross and Debbie, if you had to choose one Voyager underrated element off the top of your head to preview this episode, what would it be? Ross, what do you got? Okay. I remember in a previous Trek Ranks recording, you asked me, I can't remember what the category was, but this is the same scenario. And I came up with this one answer. I think I think the think tank is underrated. I think they are a great idea. They could have been a fantastic recurring villain or series of villains or antagonists or or friends friends slash enemies. I just thought they were really well done and really interesting. And I thought Voyager did this all the time, had a had a great idea and then zoomed away from it at light speed toward the Alpha Quadrant. And I really wish we'd seen these guys again. I thought they were enjoyable but underrated. I love that pick. Spoiler alert, we're re- recording this episode tomorrow. Think Tank is really, really in the mix for me. So it could be one of my picks. I love that pick. You're right on, uh, right on Ross. It's so good. Uh, Debbie, how about you? Any Voyager underrated you want to rattle off? I think, honestly, I think uh, underratedness, I think Jennifer Wien as as um, Kes. I love that pig. You know, I, yeah. I, I, guess I don't think I, she gets enough credit for well, she doesn't. what she brought to it. Whether you can say the writers didn't do enough with her, but what she brought to it was really good. Yeah, I almost feel like she's like the Tasha Yar of, of Voyager. Like, they just yeah. And I guess in listening, I'm listening to um, the Delta Flyers and they and Robbie McNeil and Garrett Wong talk about her and how they wish that she could have stayed and blah, 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 blah. You know, yep. it just I really think in rewatching, she is underrated. So I'll I'll give Jennifer Lincoln's mind. That, that's a really solid, very sort of heart, heartfelt pick. Like yep, it. yep. Both those picks are fantastic. I'm looking forward to that one. It's our Voyager underrated as our next episode. All right. A uh, huge thanks to Ross Webster and Debbie Maltasanti. It was awesome having you guys both on again. I was wondering if you could show me how to access these subspace communications logs. And we're going to do that right now, Neelix. Any final subspace Trek communications, either one of you guys want to relay before we depart. Uh, Ross. Uh, just thank you for having me back on Trek Ranks. I absolutely love chatting to you and giving you my lists and uh, coming up with funny ways to to hide words for you. Uh, and you, you can hear my podcast at Snap Trek. It's good stuff. Snap Trek. And I'll let you know if I can uh, decode your riddle inside this episode. Debbie, thanks for coming back on. Always great to have you on. Yes, thanks for having me, Jim Ross. It was it, this is 
wonderful as always. I look forward to this so much. When, when I get the whole DM of inviting me back. Yay! I love it. Uh, it's a pleasure love to it. meet you, Deb. Fun times. Lots more episodes to come, everybody. All right. Thanks Yay. again for engaging with us here on episode 126 of the Trek Ranks podcast. As always, I want to close by saying I'm looking forward to standing with you again here in this place where I belong. Okay. okay. Yep. Yep. All right. After this long day of being a badass, Captain Know It All over here doesn't even know what a Ferengi was. It wasn't as clear <laughs> as that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Human. <laughs> Doing the hand thing and everything. All right, yeah, no, that's my cue to go just launch myself out an airlock. You guys have a great night. Lucky I was there. I spotted it. I called it. I called it. <laughs> ah, Mariner, was I convincing enough for you? Human. <laughs> you were perfect, Quimp. Thanks for helping out. Of course. I owed you one. How's the wife? She's good. We're actually looking to get away to Risa this weekend. What? Uh, jealous. Oh, you know what you guys should try? Jamaharan. Just want to remind everyone again that the entire Trek Ranks catalog is available for you to download and listen to at trekranks.com and on your podcast player of choice. Our episodes never get carbon data, so check out the topics you've missed and maybe just want to listen to again over at trekranks.com. And a reminder to check out our friends Five Year Mission at fiveyearmission.net. They're writing a song for every episode of Star Trek, and you won't believe how great their music is. They also have a podcast at the Trek Geeks Network, so seek them out. You won't regret it. Okay, I'm back, and I have figured out Ross's Fulja puzzle that he hid inside his all of his uh, picks and his hashtags. So here's a quick summary. His five hashtags were liberated lookalike, obsidian obfuscation, violent visitor, overtly outpost, and kicks kicked. And his hashtag in his secondary system was hashtag Rolls Lander, which spells Leland Orser when you uh, rearrange the letters. And when you put those five hashtags, the first letter of each one, it spells Lobach. And of course, his pick was the changeling posing as a Romulan Lobach in the die is cast. Brilliant stuff from Ross, as always. So that's our final pick for characters that fooled you. You will need this in order to gain access to your runabout. Why are you doing this? Because no changeling has ever harmed another. You are one of the founders. Of course. This whole plan was the founder's idea in the first place. You wanted the Tal Shiar and the Obsidian Order to combine forces and come into the Gamma Quadrant so you could wipe them out. Not exactly. Kane originated the plan, and when we learned of it, we did everything we could to carry it forward. The Tal Shiar and the Obsidian Order are both ruthless, efficient organizations, a definite threat to us. But not after today. After today, the only real threat to us from the Alpha Quadrant are the Klingons and the Federation. And I doubt that either of them will be a threat for much longer. 
it is not too late for you, Odo. Come with me. You can still become one with the Great Link if you wish. Thank you. But my answer is still no.